Happy 2015, and welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 18. I'm Michael John Simpson. My co-caster Ash Jones and I started this podcast to give voice to our passions. First off, apologies for some of the machine noise impacting sound quality during the first 18 minutes. Ash and I are back after a holiday break, and we sat down to review 2014, and we talked about the Hendo Hoverboard, the Hyperloop, Doctor Who, The Hobbit, Christopher Lee, Teen Marketing, 2015 and 2016 releases, Celebrity and Comedy Deaths, Boyhood, John Cusack, File Hacking Scandals, Celebrity Doppelgangers, Satanism, True Detective, Existentialism, Interconnective Technology, 2014 Movies, Matthew McConaughey, Stand-Up Comedy, Insensitive Holiday Songs, Time Travel in Media, Sci-Fi Series, and 2014 Music. Onward and upward, it's episode 18 of the Something Something Experience. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're going. <clears throat> good. Good. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, um, folks. Yeah. 2015. 2015. Did you ever think we'd live to see it? No, no hoverboards. We're actually, yeah, we have that, um, uh, is it Hondo? Is it the, the name of the company? Yeah. They built the, hop, the quote unquote hoverboard. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to go to like an all non-ferrometallic metal arena and, and, <laughs> you know, not have any steering control and not have any, it's, it's not there yet, but, but it's kind of cool that, that someone did something, you know, to, to like yeah, get us closer to that dream. From a physics standpoint, you're never going to be able, unless you have something that has, a repulsor array on each side, which doesn't exist, <laughs> to to push you in a given direction or to stop you or slow you down, you're never going to have a hoverboard that behaves like a skateboard. You can yeah. have a hover a board that hovers, but it's not going to be like a skateboard. It's not going to behave. Mm-hmm. It's not going to behave like the thing in Back to the Future. Did. Oh yeah, that's it's impossible. Hard. And it's someone just, someone that's smarter than us is probably working, inching their way towards it, and. Uh, Maybe by the time we're old men... Yeah, but it's, it's cool too many like physical that. things. I mean, the, the hoverboard just covers the thing of gravity. That's it. It covers the thing of, of you're not on the ground, you know, of, of, of removing the contact with the ground. But then that removes all of the physical things involved in skateboarding, all the, all the friction and momentum yeah. and this and that. I mean, everything, it's all... It's just, yeah. But it's a cute idea. It's a, it's a novelty at best. But I believe in the, in the power of science at the same time, you know... Sure. We have, we have a particle accelerator that can create tiny black holes. Sure, sure, sure. Everything's possible. Sure, but, and, and you know, and I can see the hoverboard technology going towards something like a monorail type system or a train system, a faster transport to across land transports, overland transport system that would be much faster than a train or any, you know, magnetic train that we have now or anything like that. Have that you, have you it read has those the, uh, kind of applications, but not for an actual personal recreational Have type. you read the, uh, the paper that Elon Musk wrote about the Hyperloop? It's 32 pages? No. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting thing. We'll talk about it. I was reading that. I haven't read it. Oh. I was just asking you. <laughs> I'm not going to read that. Sure, make me do all the I'm, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. But it's really cool. And uh, there's a company trying to uh, actually build the Hyperloop, hmm. um, which is interesting. It's an interesting concept. So I'm sure, you know. So what is a Hyperloop? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. It's a, um, it's a train. It's a train system. A railed train system that uh, can reach, you know, like um, sonic speeds. So it's propelled pr- propelled by magnets, and the way it would work, it would, you know, it would be really loud. Well, not really loud, but it would be loud because you know the sonic boom sound of it constantly going and going and going. 
It'll, is so, it going to be as loud as the Superman ride at Six Flags? Because goddamn, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I don't want that rolling through my neighborhood. So supposedly, this can take you from San Francisco to New York, San Francisco to New York in a few hours. Hmm. Yeah. It's so basically, the same sound. speed as a jet plane. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I know jack shit about physics. Actually, <laughs> I'm stretching my knowledge right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, I, thing, I, the yeah. thing is with jet planes, and the reason why jet planes are jet planes is because they travel in the in the in the jet stream, and they get an extra push going from going from uh, west to east because of the prevailing winds. And up there, there's thinner air, but the air that pushes the air yeah, currents yeah. pushes move much faster than the air currents down here. That's why you can get from you know. You, That's also the, why we can you know actually uh, escape the Earth's gravity. Well, actually, reach space because you know there's yeah. less less resistance. Yeah. the higher up you get. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's the extent of my physics knowledge. <laughs> the end. The layman's Speaking of physics down. and space and everything, <clears throat> Doctor Who Christmas special was awesome. Oh, man, I, didn't, I haven't seen it the yet. The series, well, I won't talk about it too much then, but it... it uh, Nick Frost it, it was is a very Yeah, Nick Frost is amazing. It was a... Is somebody doing construction? It was a very satisfying Christmas episode. Um... Yeah, that's all I'll say. It was incredibly satisfying. Um, I finally found a high-res picture online of the not-magician-y uh, outfit that, that uh, the Doctor wears. His more casual outfit mm. with... Um, he wears the jacket, but he wears what I thought was a t-shirt with stars on it underneath. Turns mm. out it's this specific kind of fancy high haute couture sweater that has little holes poked in it. Mm. And part of the front of the collar taken out, kind of like a priest's cassock, um, but it's a sweater. And then in, in the Christmas special, he also wears a knit hoodie over that, and it's oh, really, cool. he's very layered. And but he wears the sweater with a with a white t shirt underneath it because it's basically see through. And then he wears the coat over that. Um, and that that coat that he wears that Capaldi wears is very multifunctional because it can look very very fancy, but it can also look very casual. And I like that. I like the, the 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 versatility. Are you breaking down the uh, the the fashion? Yeah, I am. Like, I am. And I, and no, I, no, but I mean, like, are you breaking it down because you're going to cosplay? No, no, or... I can't afford cosplay right now. We're looking for a house, so I can't afford to oh, buy jack okay. shit. What I am going to do though is I'm going to go on to eBay and buy one of those T-shirts that looks like the Doctor's costume. Cool. So, <laughs> that's and that's cool. fifteen bucks. I can afford that. <laughs> so is Clara like not really gone, or she's they... gonna? She's signed on for all of series nine. So all of season nine, she'll be there. So she's not going anywhere. See the Christmas special, it'll explain everything. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's really good. And Nick Frost was such a great choice as, as Santa Claus. Nice. Because he brings... Nick Frost was really allowed to bring everything that he offers. That beard made him unrecognizable. He always, he's had a beard before, but I mean, they, they fro- colored it, they frosted it. <laughs> oh yes! But um, but they made they, the the he he was allowed to be Nick Frost, which is good because it sometimes when they have guests on, like I was watching last year's Christmas special or two years ago Christmas special, and it was um, uh, 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 Bill Bailey was in that, mm. and Bill Bailey. Got to be himself, but not really. It was Bill Bailey and another another. Um, there was another British actress who's in a, another comedian who's in a lot of stuff. She was in that too, but uh, they, he didn't get to be as much himself as he usually is. There's a little bit of it, but not much. Um, 
But yeah, Nick Frost as Santa Claus was quite a brilliant move. And I need to watch it. I haven't had time. A lot of stuff. One of the things that. Uh, okay, so, so let's wrap it up. 2014. Year, yeah, yeah. Year, year in review. Yeah. I think my my um, one one of the top highlights. There were many. Almost all of them uh, involved movies, but one of the top highlights was definitely the, the last Hobbit film. Oh yeah, well, we saw that too, saw and I that? was gonna saw I was gonna say I wanted to talk about that. It was really thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. For as much as people kind of crap on the Hobbit and say, "Oh, it's bloated," and "Oh, it's fluff," and "Oh, I didn't like this," the only complaint I have is the CGI orcs. But if you can get past that, and ironically, the orcs are in this one le- less than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, the orcs in this one didn't didn't bother me as much. No. And I felt like the white orc was actually menacing in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah. that 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 uh, yeah. fight scene with that uh, final uh, Jason battle Thorin? at the end with Thorin. <laughs> yeah, Thorin yeah, yeah, and yeah. Thorin and the and the orc and, and the, the kind of he keeps coming back to life. And I knew under that ice, I knew he was gonna. Bu- I've seen too many Jason movies. I've seen too many Friday the Thirteenth movies. You know, you know what? I, I knew he was gonna come back. I immediately turned to my girlfriend. And I, I was like, scream. Because that's that I always think back to that movie and Jamie Kennedy's character when he's breaking down the rules and he's like the bad guy never always comes back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's so true in every movie. But, but I, my favorite scene in that movie was um, that scene when uh, Galadriel, Kate Blanche's character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, she At- casts Sauron. Yes, yes. And you see, you see him like you know just move away into yeah. the horizon. And I thought, I thought that was so clever. And, and also, like it felt like. Now was all that stuff in you know with 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 Saruman and Galadriel and uh, um, um, Gandalf? Gandalf was all that in the Hobbit novel? I've never read the books. I've never read it either. I've never read the books. Yeah, I've read I've read Lord of the Rings, but I have it was a slog. I've read Lord of the Rings, but I've never read the Hobbit. But even if it wasn't. And the thing that I keep saying over and over and over again is I absolutely loved and adored the Lord of the Rings trilogy and had the extended editions and have done the marathon multiple times. Wow. And any chance to spend (laughs) more time in Peter Jackson's Middle Earth, I'm in. And so I did not mind the Hobbit yeah, at me all. Me neither, man. From I mean, that perspective, people it, are pissing me off. I'm, I'm stopping. You know, I used to like consume a lot of review shows every day, and I've stopped that because they gave the Hobbit a horrible review. Yeah. And uh, another film that I thought was really good, they gave it a, a horrible review, and I was like, really? I mean, the Hobbit was great. It was amazing. So that that scene was my favorite because I thought I felt like I was witnessing real magic. Yeah. When they were, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah. swords. Yeah, that whole scene with the three wizards and, or, you know, the elf and the two wizards at, at the yeah. at that, wherever that was, I don't remember what the name of that place was, fighting the, the, the Morgols or whatever, the, the, the dead kings, basically. It was the nine dead kings and then yeah. Sauron. Yeah, and then Sauron shows up and then she banishes <laughs> Sauron away for 65 years, apparently. And, um... <laughs> Sixty years. You know that that um, makes that the, makes Bilbo. Bilbo was in his fifties. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's established at the very beginning of Lord of the Rings. It's his hundred and tenth birthday. He's uh, 11th. 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 Yeah. Yeah. His hundred and eleventh birthday. And so, and, but birthday. but uh, just like Gollum, the ring kept him alive longer. Then he aged really un, fast. Unnatural, right? Right. Yeah. So then, a couple months later, when he they, when he sees. 
Frodo. Uh, Frodo. Well, actually, even a few weeks later, when he goes to Rivendell and finds Frodo there, or Frodo sees Bilbo. Bilbo's aged considerably, yeah. and then at the very end, he's really aged. Really aged so he starts yeah. aging at a norm at a faster rate again. But the the ring kept him unnaturally young. Also, you know what I realized? Orlando Bloom has not aged at all. I or, disagree. I he, think he's got a lot of makeup on. There was. Because I started, I watched Lord of the Rings for New Year's. I didn't right, go out or anything. Right, right. I watched the Fellowship extended right. edition, and I, did you get the I, it free, didn't stand out. You did know? you get the free Lord of the Rings download from Google Play? Or no, you I, I straight up, you know. Yeah, I got that. I have it on my phone now, so I can watch Lord of the Rings. I straight know. up TBP'd that trilogy. Nice, you know. But um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think maybe if I watch, if I go back and watch The Hobbit. I'll notice something if I can by, oh, side by yeah. side. Oh, totally. But it didn't stick out as like, oh, Orlando Bloom looks so much younger. But there was one scene in the third, in this last movie, that big long scene at the end with Orlando Bloom. When he fights and the, his, the guy on the and bridge? And his father and, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Evangeline Lilly's character who was not in the Hobbit. When he's like, I can't go book. back and he just walks right. away. Right. There's those close-ups <clears throat> of Orlando Bloom and he looks a lot, he looks much older. You know what's interesting though? I mean, he still looks young for his age. I think Orlando Bloom and Lee Pace are in the same ballpark in terms of age, and he plays his father. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lee well, Pace, all the elves are supposed to look, you know, they're, they're immortal, right? Yeah, so. They're immortal. They're spo- always supposed to look, you know, twenty eight or whatever forever. <laughs> and that that buck was amazing. Oh yeah, the, the CGI, awesome. the CGI deer, that was pretty, pretty yeah. cool. That whole that whole fight was amazing. Yeah, and I, I don't get it. I mean, people complain that there's not enough character development and there's sure, too much action. Sure, I, I, it was it was to me it was another Lord of the Rings story. Exactly. You know, it was another yeah. Peter Jackson Middle Earth story. And it worked for me. I probably could have. You probably could have condensed the three films into two. I, I'll give them that. But there was enough there for two good yeah. solid movies. One thing that I, I would I would really want Peter Jackson to come back and do is the actual origins of. The real battle between good and evil that happened like three thousand years right. before Lord at the before beginning Lord of, of the Lord of the Rings, when, right. when the angels were created. Sure, basically sure. all the wizards are angels. Right, right. They're low level angels. I learned this in a video. Nice. I broke it down. Nice. But there's all these forces. Um, I think the Cimmerillion covers that. Covers it does. all that. It does. I yeah. think the Cimmerillion is all the history of everything, and it just it's all just a bunch of stats and. It's basically like the first, you know, the, you know what the I thought, D&D, yeah. the advanced D&D book one <laughs> by Gary Gygax. It's basically what it is. You know what Gives I found fascinating, uh, learning about that, uh, the, the way that there's different orders, and it's that uh, apparently Tolkien, Tolkien must have, must have read uh, Pythagoras, because he incorporated, this is in the book, that every, every person, like the gods responsible for creating... The, the dwarves mm-hmm. and then the humans and then mm-hmm. the hobbits which are sub sub versions of humans mm-hmm. and the elves and blah 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 and the orcs and whatever they all created them through making music yeah now Pythagoras has had the music of the spheres right he had that theory you know that basically you know what is that it's just my washer I'm sorry oh, if no. you guys can hear the washer no it's going, okay it's, I just I just didn't know what it was I've never chores. heard that before um, but that's interesting so so apparently like the orcs and all those Evil creatures were created by the one god that didn't want to sing the same in the same frequency as everyone else. So his music was dissonant, right? And created these evil creatures. Huh? Interesting. The orcs and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've never really gotten into the religious stuff in the Lord of the Rings. There was, they touched on a little bit of that in in Tolkien's book, but it was much more about the people and less about the the, the gods and all that. It's not like in in 
what's the what's the big HBO the the Game of Thrones? They're always talking about the gods this and the gods that, and different gods and different gods. And then with Skyrim, and so I, I'm starting to see all these tropes kind of blend together for me in the in the <laughs> RPG fantasy realms, where you're starting to see how all this stuff kind of blends together, and it really is all kind of allegorical for Earth, for you know humankind. You know, you've got white people, you've got black people, you've got brown people, you've got, you know, then you've got north, 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 northern people. You know, the the, the fair skinned blonde northern types, and then you've got the kind of lowland, you know, kind of uh, Scottish, kind of Orcish, or not Orcish, uh, El- Scottish uh, or uh, um, uh, dwarvish types. You know, that kind of thing, and and it it. it so you, if you were living in, in Middle Earth, you would be a, a dwarf. You no, think? I don't know what I'd be. I, 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 I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would probably, from a from a aesthetic standpoint, I'd probably want to be an elf because I'm into archery. I like archery, and I like that kind of yeah, but you have fairness no... and never that fair, fair that fair quality to them. And elves, the... elves are explained as not really being not really having free will. Yeah, I mean, they're kind yeah. of they're kind of a hive mind almost, kind of yeah. a collective. I would be a wizard for sure, but they make the most beautiful stuff. <clears throat> yeah, the wizards are the people who really seem to be the most autonomous. I'd be like, solitary. I, I, I would and, probably be like Radagast, like just oh, yeah, a yeah. weirdo, just <laughs> bird shit in your hair and <laughs> <laughs> a sled full yeah. of bunnies, and yeah. yeah, I really like Radagast, and I like Sylvester McCoy. He's a great, he was a great doctor, and he's been great in everything I've ever seen him in. So um, he's been in a lot of little things here and there and he's done a lot of stage work and he was very, he was like kind of a vaudevillian type almost. Um, but, uh, Christopher Lee does a lot of theater. Oh, unbelievable. Have you heard, have you heard his heavy metal music? Oh yeah, yeah. I I had, I got the, he had a regular heavy metal album and then he's got two heavy metal Christmas albums. And he just released another one this year uh, which I haven't picked up yet, but I'm going to, and I have his older one. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's basically basically what they did was they just had Christopher Lee go into a studio and kind of sing a cappella, sing Christmas tunes, and then and then they bring in a heavy metal band. It's like a studio metal band to just play metal music behind him, and you know behind his. But he likes to have the heavy metal. He does. He does. He thinks it's yeah. cool. I mean, he obviously he wouldn't keep doing it. They're He's, not. They're ha- I, they're not having a goof on him. They're, he really likes it. Yeah, there's this behind the scenes video of him uh, on YouTube recording one of his albums and ex- him explaining how. He approached the singing style, sure. why it's so operatic sure. and whatever. Sure. Oh yeah, and uh, he likes the, him singing. In he the likes studios. that kind of melodic death metal. That kind of yeah. It's, uh, not, it's not like it's no, more no. like power metal. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's very operatic. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. really good, and it's and it's fun. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's so nice when when actors or celebrities, people who have their way that they really have their way they really have a, an identity and then they they just roll with it and they get it and they get what they get the different ways people um uh gravitate to it or are repulsed by it whatever they get all the elements to it and they really just kind of revel in it like William Shatner like like Christopher Lee and like other people too whereas you have somebody like Sean Connery who doesn't get any of it he doesn't get it. He doesn't get the James Bond thing. He doesn't really get... They want, originally wanted Connery to be... Gan, uh, uh, was it Gandalf or, Sa- or Saruman? They wanted him to be Gandalf. I think he read for Gandalf. And he's like, and he said he just didn't understand it. 
It's like, what? how can you not understand Lord of the Rings? Yeah. I mean, how out of touch do you have to be to not get something that is so worldwide iconic? I think iconic? That's, that's probably code for, I don't think this is cool, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Whatever. But, I mean, I've, you know, he was already in retirement, didn't want to come out of retirement for it. I mean, he came out of retirement to do that one movie with the bullet bending or whatever. But other what, than wanted? that... Wanted? Was he in that? No. No, no. Who was the guy in the bullet bending movie? The bullet spinning movie? With Angelina Jolie and oh, That's, it was uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought there was there was some movie that Connery came out of retirement to do, and then went back into retirement and said they would never do anything again. I don't remember what it is now, but it just I, escapes me. I you know I got to say that he's one of those actors I don't I don't really miss. I mean, sure he did some cool stuff when I was I mean when I was like, the oh Rock, you know yeah James Bond and, and, and Rock, you know um, Sardos. That's actually cool. one of my favorite yeah Sardos <laughs> one of my favorite things that he ever did. Um, was uh, you know I, I actually have a have a theory that Zardos was single handedly responsible for the the shift away from male male chest hair in the in ma- in popular too, too media. Much of it, yeah, yeah. yeah the seventies <laughs> was a very hairy time. Well, back then it was just men were men. You didn't sh- shave. You didn't manscape. You didn't do any of that. Yeah, you, yeah, you just yeah. were, and that was it. And that's what you were. And then they, then the eighties happened, and then, and then that was it. It was like that's what you notice in a lot of old. uh, But you know, there there was like a turning point because up until the sixties, men used to shave and you know cut their hair. Late sixties, seventies, it was like the more hair, the better. Hippie, hippie thing, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was the yeah the long hair. But even when you watch old media, the men look. You know, leading leading men were older. Sure, sure. Back in the forties yeah, and fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now we have like a this you know hyper fetish with like you know Youth. tweens and, and Youth. teenagers and stuff. That, like that started in the eighties. Well, I mean, it was kind of in the fifties with rock and roll, but it was re fetishized and repackaged in the eighties and this whole. Young the adult. American yeah. fatuation with youth and and this idea that youth should drive. Everything that's important or you know popular, kind of thing. It used to it used to be an adult's world in that regard. Now it's a ch- now it's a teenager's world in that regard. Yeah, the bottom line is that those are the, 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 the that's the demographic that does like impulse buying the most. Sure, they're the most susceptible sure. to advertising, so that that's yeah. why they're targeted. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. all it is. It's money. Yeah, it's money. <clears throat> well, it's like we've said. I think we've said on here before, but I know I've said it before. Is is Everything that everything that we have that's available to us, and everything that we don't have that we should have, is all because somebody somewhere is making fist, hand over fist of money on it. That's that's it. Yeah. That's why we have cell phones. That's why we have big screen TVs. That's why we have iPads and you know digital media. And that's why we have. It's because somebody somebody figure out how to monetize it in a big big way. And everything we don't have is because it's going to cost somebody money for us to have it. Yeah. Like free healthcare, like blah, blah, blah. Things we actually need. That's because of the free market capitalist system, which is more like an oligarchy now. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, hey, it would be it would be such, such an interesting experiment to take like a small country and be like, okay, so we're going to do things differently here. We're not going to let the market, uh, the free market rule, what actually ends up being produced or not. We're just going to make stuff that will benefit humanity. And yeah. We'll check back with that country in 10 years and they might have, you know, they might have solved a lot of problems. They might have peace. They might have... Didn't they already do that in Cuba? <laughs> no. 
No, Cuba just had an embargo. They, they, you know. Oh well, no, people... I know, but they were kind of left to their own devices to kind of do their own thing for a very long time without but, but help what, from but the United you, States. But when you have an embargo, you know, you can't have access to a lot of resources you would need. But they to... took care of their own. They have free health care. They have a whole bunch of, you know, culturally, I mean, like you know, philosophically speaking, people in Cuba. I know because I, I grew up sure, in, the sure. island, in the islands sure, next sure. to Cuba. I grew up with a lot of Cubans. They're, they're more, they're more um, humanitarian. Mm-hmm. They, they really are. Yeah. They take care of people. Yeah, they're all really educated because mm-hmm. you know they can. They can that's get a, PhD that's kind of exactly my yeah. point. Is they 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 spent <clears throat> all this the last fifty years in bettering themselves or sixty years bettering themselves. But at the same time, the a lot, a lot, a lot of them migrate because they're they're so poor. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah. in a way, it's it's ironic. You know, they they have they can get a PhD for free, but they can't feed their families sometimes. Right. Yeah, so. they get a PhD and healthcare, they can't feed. So let's talk about um, what about things? you, man? What, what do you think? Uh, what are what's your highlights? Well, yeah, that's what I'm getting to. Oh, getting to so I'm getting ready to think. Uh, this year or last year, 2014, there was some new stuff, but 2014 was also kind of a here's what's coming down the pipe kind of year. Mm-hmm. The, the 2014 gave us a lot of stuff to be look to look forward to, like Star Wars Seven. And lots yeah. of the stuff that I've seen about Episode Seven looks pretty good. That's I mean, every, there was all the everybody was all you know blah 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 about the, the the lightsaber thing or whatever, and I don't really care about that one way or the other. It's going to be what it's going to be. But um, it, it, the thing that made that, that that struck me the funniest about that the, just that one part of it, the lightsaber thing, was how some people are just like. It's fucking bullshit, man. It's fucking stupid. It's like, how can you care so much about hating that one little thing? Yeah. I mean, because really. we, go, we go back to the nerd culture where it's like, uh, this thing uh, makes me feel special. Sure. And it's, sure. if they change it a little bit, then it's not going to make me feel as special. So I got to thra- you know, trash it, right. hate right. on it. Even though course, all you've seen is a fucking one minute trailer. Yeah. You don't. You have. No, yeah. You haven't seen like a real trailer yet. And you're shitting on it? Yeah. The amount of like people shitting on it because of a cross hilted lightsaber. It was it was like staggering to me. I'm like, are, are you not? Well, of course, happy? people would probably say the same thing that I just said to me about bat, about Batfleck. But you know, fuck that. Fuck Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's stupid. We're all entitled to our opinions. <laughs> course, That's not the course. point here. The point is that people should be more right. uh, open minded. Speaking of trailers and and teasers, fucking Ant Man. That little tiny oh, minuscule. Brilliant. It was, it was genius. Cool. Ant Man sized, and then real life. Right, and then t- in two days, <laughs> two days from today, they're going to release. Today's the fourth, and they're going to release in on on Tuesday. They're going to release a full size teaser. I have a fear that the movie's going to the movie's going to underperform. Yeah, because Age of Ultron is so overshadowing it. You know, it's like Age of Ultron is the movie. That's the thing. Well, I like you Paul know? Rudd, and I like Evangeline Lilly. I'm really, really, <clears throat> really very still very, very unhappy that Edgar Wright is no longer attached, yeah. attached to Ant-Man. So, they're going to have to really make up for a lot, a lot for that. To, I mean, to, the, to, the, to make up for that. They're the gonna plot, have to, the plot to me, it, it sounds interesting, but... The thing is, heist movies, for me, they either hit or miss, and there's yeah. no like gray area. So... Yeah. Well, I've been purposely like, not know. seeing a lot about, not yeah. reading a lot about it. So, I like Cor- the, sh- the choice for the villain, Corey Stoll, as Yellow Yellow, Yellow Jacket. Oh, Yellow Jacket, uh, and it looks cool. I don't know if you saw the banner where they show his actual suit. He has like four arms mm-hmm. or six arms or something. It's really mm-hmm. cool. 
So yeah, I've been purposely. I'm yeah. these days. I very, very purposely. You know, it's that whole uh, media media destiny thing. I'm very, very aware of where information about things I want to see is and how to avoid it and yeah, to yeah. avoid it in conversations and to avoid it in this and that. And I do. And I'm rarely spoiled of anything. And I know there's so many people that I that I'm constantly hearing the whole spoilers thing all the time, and it's just like. So don't listen. So don't watch. Don't read. Don't, you know, don't... You know where people are... You know that on Facebook, people are going to post shit about things that are coming up. Yeah. Click past it. It's so easy to do. It is. You're, but it's, you're, it's you're, tempting. It's like there's a part of our brain that just wants to know. Also, right, like right. But it's... it's they're it, spoiling shit now in the, in the headlines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the headlines, in the, the, in the trailers, and teasers, and yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff coming up. Next year, I'm wondering how much of a year that this, the 2015 is actually going to be for stuff. It's probably not going to be going to be pretty dry because most of the stuff's coming out in 2016. Right? Although, no, episode no, seven no, comes no. out December, right? Yeah, uh, we have a few things. We have um, we have Age of Ultron. Is that May? That's May. May that, May third, I think. Then we have Ant Man. Uh, we have Star Wars. Those are the main three. But and that's I think we December. have the Hunger Games uh, conclusion, yeah. which I don't really care about. Uh, then we have Fantastic Four, yeah. <laughs> uh, which could be. I mean, Josh Crank. I think he did a good job with Chronicle. I, I, I'm still like, you know, holding. I'm not holding my breath, but I'm still like, you know, hoping it's it's a good film. I don't want I don't want it to suck. Although the uh, synopsis sucks. Is it the same? <laughs> is it the same cast as before? The, the first two? No, it's this guy Miles Teller as Re- Richards, uh, Jordan. Michael B. Jordan as uh, Johnny Storm, Kate Kate Mara as uh, Kate Mara I've heard of, you know, uh, Invisible Woman, and Jamie Bell as the Thing. Jamie Bell, he was in Jumper. (laughs) Sounds like a bunch of kids. I don't know. (laughs) It is. It's people my age, which you know, it's interesting because I kind of want the older Fantastic Four too, man. I want Richards to be like a scientist with a laboratory and research in his in his, you know. Yeah, portfolio. Like I want him to be like an established guy. I don't want him to be some kid. Supposedly, it's like a guy. He works at a convenience store or something. Weird. They're like college kids or like high school kids or something. Oh, let's make everything geared more toward kids even more. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't sound great. Does not. I think we also have X Men. Apo- no, X Men Apocalypse is twenty sixteen. I think twenty sixteen is yeah. also. Um, I was just looking at it. Twenty sixteen is also. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks is coming back in 2016 oh, yeah. Yeah. to uh, Showtime. Showtime? Cinemax? Showtime? One of the two? I think it's Showtime. Um, yeah, we've been... We, Kitty Brown and I just... Doctor uh, Strange is 2016. Wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, with Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. With that hack, Cumberbatch. That was awesome. Um, that was great. The, uh, 2014, Stephen Colbert's final show. Um, uh, uh, Craig Ferguson's final show. Um, wow. A lot of goodbyes. So many celebrities died. So yeah. many comedians. 2014 was a hellish year for comedy. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, Robin Williams, uh, uh, Rick Mayle, uh, just Sid Caesar. Huge, huge names. Like huge, not just comedians, but influential people. People who were in comedy who inspired other people to get into comedy. Mm-hmm. So many people... I mean, you might as well write off Bill Cosby at this point, too. I mean, yeah. I think he's done. I think his career is over at yeah. this point. 
I mean, it, I mean, was, it wasn't. And we see pulled his series, and we, I mean, he well, he just did a special. He just did a comeback special on on uh, Comedy Central six months ago, and it was good. It was funny, but now all this stuff, and and it, you know, I mean, it has to come out. I mean, yeah. the, the stuff that happened to these women that he you know allegedly it's did, it's horrible, and it has to come out, and he needs to answer for it. And he just keep, keeps, and now he's sending private investigators after the people who came forward. And it's like, really? That's that's the. Uh, it's, it's, those yeah. are the actions of a guilty man. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, his career is basically over. But but yeah, Joan Rivers and 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 women. So many women who got into comedy because of Joan Rivers. Yeah. So many uh, people who got into comedy because of Robin Williams. So many people who got into comedy because of Sid Caesar. So many people who used to work for and with Sid Caesar. Um, somebody else, and then, uh, and the, then one, the one thing I could, I, you know, out of all those. It, it did, none of those, none of those really bothered me because they died old. Ex, you know, except Robin Williams. That's the only one that bothered me because of, of the way he died. Yeah, I don't think that was, you know, yeah, I, I don't think he should have died like that. But you know, we probably got had, a, you know, his well, license. I'm hoping, I'm hoping <clears throat> that with all the stuff that's been in the media and everything that's been with that, I'm hoping that we're going to have finally started having some real honest looks at depression and real honest looks at mental illness, and and start treating mental illness like any other medical condition instead of like this thing that you can just get over and you know that you we've can come just a long way will I think, your you know, way through it since since the 80s i think we've come oh along. definitely it's but, no longer stigmatized like it's but not encouraged but not far enough it's never yeah. far enough you know until you know i don't know yeah it's it, a hard it was a rough a rough rough year for comedy <clears throat> very rough year for comedy it just it was like when is it going to stop and when when are these deaths going to stop and then there was uh, somebody, um, uh, Edward, um, shit, what's his name? The actor who was in uh, Lost Boys and everything else under the sun, uh, Gilmore Girls and blah, blah, blah. blah. Not, I always get him confused with Ed Gwynn. Um, anyway, he died on the 31st and then somebody died on the 1st and somebody else died on the 2nd. So people keep, celebrities keep dropping. It's weird. It's, it's... It, just so many. Oh, Donna Douglas from from the Beverly Hillbillies and other people. I mean, so many. And she was really old too. Was it uh, Edward Herman? Yeah, Edward Herman. Yeah. Was it, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just a really hard year for, especially comedy. Yeah, humans don't live forever. It, it's 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 a sad reality. We often forget, you know, you know the hustle and bustle and whatever that well, we're you know, mortal beings. You're in your twenties. Twenties. So I'm in my forties. So. It hits me even harder. I know, and it, yeah. that that facing your mortality thing, and that that life is life is finite. So get off your ass and do your thing, yeah. and and you know, really, stop really waiting shooting, for it to happen and do it, make it happen. We're like shooting stars, man. Yeah, that's always, what Moby said. We are all star. We are all made of stars. We and are all Sagan. made of stars. <laughs> and Carl Sagan and uh, and um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Um, so another thing, another uh, really you know important highlight this year, the movie Boyhood. Okay, I don't know if you've seen it. I did not see it, but I know you did and really enjoyed it. It really transcends the limits of like filmmaking. It's amazing. Twelve years, uh, Richard Richard Linklater filmed this this thing, which I'm assuming he had like a skeleton structure to it, but then he injected you know whatever was going on at the time, and maybe let the actors give him some input to change lines and whatnot, but. Patricia Arquette and um, 
How do you what's sign? His, on, what's his name? Uh, Ethan Hawke. How do you sign on board for a project for twelve years unless it's like Lord of the Rings? <laughs> he must have had these these actors trust like oh, immensely. Yeah, and then you know convincing the non actors and their and families. And how did they keep it quiet for so long? How did it, it wasn't quiet per se, like it was in the news, but it was just like a footnote in the news. Right, like, right, oh, right. Link Ladder's still waiting, working on his project. You know, it's going to be the greatest thing ever, and then you wouldn't hear about it for two years. But yeah, fascinating man. The the, the kid, the, the main the main um, kid in the movie, Mason. Uh, just seeing him grow, I, I related to him because I grew up in the same time period with the same things. Uh, there's scenes where he's watching the same TV show that I used to watch when I was his age. Right, and it was just like, damn, this is. This is putting like a lock on my generation. Like this is, it's done. It's like the graduate. Oh, for, okay. For those people, interesting. For that generation, for the baby boomers, yeah. For the baby boomers, this is like my generation, my millennials, whatever. Right. This is it. This is the movie that my kids are going to look at and be like, oh, this is you know my dad's generation. Oh, sure, sure. They sucked. They were fucking lame, yeah. yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. yeah it's, so it's interesting. You know, I'm not as old as you, but I already feel. I wonder what the, I feel the machinations of time. I wonder know? what the Gen X. Great film anthem film is for us if it's like risky business or <laughs> that's only if you're like an upper middle class kid though. Let's think about this. Cause Probably like Breakfast Club or yeah, um, yeah. the Breakfast Club, but even uh, even now. What's the one with the uh, the boombox? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Ferris Bueller? No, no, no. That's uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is probably the iconic movie for the 80s kids, for the kids who were in high school in the 80s, which was me. Um, probably Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or or um, uh, that one is uh, oh, it's not the short thing. What's the one with? Damn it, I can't think of his name. John John Cusack, and he's holding up the boombox, and there's somebody screaming the title of the movie right now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I have never seen that movie. I've oh, seen no, that no. scene a million times. I've, I've never s- I've seen it. I've seen, seen that movie. In your eyes. Light the heat, John, yeah, I mean, John Cusack. I love John Cusack. High Fidelity. Yeah, yeah. Every time that movie oh, comes out, I watch it. Did you ever see that movie? <clears throat> what was the movie? Um, was it called Identity? Or no, what was the one where it's like him and a whole bunch of people and they're all stuck at a motel on the Identity. highway? Yeah, Identity. And it's like uh, he has yeah. MPD or something. That was kind of a yeah. weird, that was a kind of a cool movie. Kind That's of one of those movies that makes you think, am I crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's what's rea- I like movies that it's like what's reality and what's what's not what's 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 either fantasy or dream or whatever and what it, what is reality. The Doctor Who Christmas special kind of has that theme. It's oh, really? really yeah, it's a really yeah. good episode. You gotta you gotta make time for it. It's really good. Which by the way, I mean solipsism. I'm not like a firm believer in it, but it, it ties into that the notion that you know you can't really know what's real and what's not real because you only exist in your mind. You right. Can't, you don't really connect to other people. You know, you have language and that offers like a layer of abstraction you can sort of like, you can communicate, right? Mm-hmm. But you will never truly know what it feels like to be the president or or you or your mom or whatever. You know, that's... So when you watch movies like that, it taps into that part of your brain and you're like, shit, I could just be imagining all this... <laughs> the other, the other big one of the other big things that happened in 2014 was this this Sony hacking business. So, oh yeah. So oh, also, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'll let you finish. But related to that, the uh, all the the naked pictures that came out. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Well, we can get to the we can get to the the what a hack the the uh, celebrity hack photo hacking scandal. Um, not a scandal from the purpose of, from the point of view of the naked photos, but of the hacking. That's yeah. the, that's the scandal. 
anybody should be allowed to take photos of any of anything oh, they ever yeah, want definitely. and retain some yeah. level of privacy. And but you know, because like, okay, well then, let me just wander into your bank account then and take a, take out a few hundred bucks because I you know because I want to. Um, so you think uh, you think those companies should be you know regulated or maybe forced in a way to secure their networks? There needs to become. Well, as somebody said, this whole thing where now the president is is putting sanctions against North Korea because of the Sony hack. Somebody said, posed the question, how about just coming up with hack-proof security? It is possible. It is possible. I would say that that's impossible. That is impossible. That will never happen. Every time you, you know, every every time you have a complicated system, there's always going to be a, a you know like a way into it. Uh, whether that is at the software level, at the hardware level, or the manufacturing level, there's such a thing called a manufacturing um, uh, security breaches, hacks, yeah. where it happens in a lot of like Eastern well, European countries where they go into like a manufacturing plant and they actually like uh, replace the chips with like you know their own compromised chips or something like that and so that at, at the very lowest level before it gets to like a, mm-hmm. uh, you know well the biggest factor though with hacking <clears throat> is 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 human is uh, social engineering it's 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 exactly it's yeah. guessing people's passwords people are not good at, at at passwords and i think i think that poses the question is we are advanced enough in technology at this point we need to move past typed in passwords we it's, need to move on to something else it's something not, biometric yeah, i agree too but every device we have has has a voice chip and it has a, a microphone in it everything that we have has um you know something in it that something that a camera on it or a voice or you know something a thumbprint scanner or whatever something that actually detects the identity that can detect biometric identity of the person using the thing using but the that thing. can be spoofed that's a vector of, of attack that yeah. could be could happen. The interesting thing is that I think it's it's not like like you mentioned. I think it's a combination of things. Very important thing is uh, educating people. Yeah. Because social engineering is dog, how anyone know. any real hacker gets any um, real access yeah. to like you know things that could impact negatively or positively the world. And you know it's interesting when you start looking at how that uh, is a weakness. It's a weakness. In different ways, depending on the country. Yeah. In the states, uh, everyone wants to be polite. So if you're just polite to people, you can get into a data center, right? And you can like hack some shit, you know? Sure, sure. So well, we need the big thing is we need to, <clears throat> we need to train John Q. Public that capital P at sign S dollar sign W zero R D is not a safe password, you know? And that, that that's the thing <laughs> that we need to get past is coming up with different password metrics than you know. What people normally use. The, yeah, the more encryption, thing. man. More entropy. You that, look at those lists. Key. You always see those lists of the most common you use passwords, and it's just dumb the passwords that people use. Do people still do that? Oh yeah. Remember the movie Hackers? Yeah. God, sex. The the he was breaking down the uh, Eugene. <laughs> I love that movie, man. <laughs> I love movies where people are guess passwords. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, because there's some of that in X Files too. The looking around the trust no one thing, and it's also it's even in films where you you know computers don't even play an integral part, like like Watchmen, right? Like Night Owl guessing right. Ozymandias password was right. fucking ridiculous, right. but I, I mean, it's kind of cool, whatever. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. Social engineering—that's what it is. Yeah. Um. Uh, but the Sony hack thing, 
the thing about the, the obviously it's kind of scary that if it was indeed and although a lot mo- the most of the stuff that I'm reading about it and hearing about it is saying that this hack did not come from North Korea that the Korean language that was used in the hacking the Korean language that was used in the haha we hacked you messages and stuff is is not real conversational Korean it's it's Google translated stuff it's it's stuff that was translated by Bing or Google or that's, whatever. That's the, that's the beautiful thing of the internet. It could be anything because the internet is really just a connection of proxies right. uh, that transmit a message from point A to point right. B. Now, you have you have different organizations that at the uh, entry level, there's different you know like primary gateways right. where all the op- fiber optic cables terminate in each country or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's organizations that tap into the data coming in from there, uh, but even if you tapped into that data. Or you looked at the metadata, whatever. If, even if you investigated that point, you know, the data could have been relayed uh, outside of the U.S. Well, anywhere. Throughout yeah. every country. Like you, you never know. And you're not going to have access to all the no. world's, no. you know, no. like data centers. So. You can't go back and back and back and back and back. But, but the, the thing, that, the thing that, that seems to be beyond the fact of whether it was North Korea or not is the fact of... So was this really a real thing? And you look at it because oh, the, the, stu- the yeah, stuff yeah. that was released, the, the material that was released, the material that was put out there, people's salaries, people's medical histories, people's passwords, people's personal messages, blah, blah, blah. That stuff that was actually released, which is devastating for the people who had that information released, versus was this just all just a big marketing ploy from that stu- for that stupid fucking interview movie? Yeah, I think you it know. Was. I, I mean, I, what I think is is they had this idea to do it as that and to pull it and blah blah blah. But the thing got out of hand. I the think thing it, got yeah, away from them. There's a possibility that it, that it could have been staged because, again, you know, you got to get creative. You know, what's the next new thing? How do you stay ahead of the curve? You know, right? You got to always think of, of those. Because then it was if, it was it was going to be released, and then it wasn't going to be released, and then it was going to be yeah. released, and then it wasn't, and then they released it online. Eighteen blah, million blah, blah, dollars, blah. right? And it's just like really, and 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 all for fucking Seth Rogen and and the the the, the highest grossing VOD the uh, teeny sexter guy. Yeah. You know, come on, the highest grossing VOD uh, film release in history, and it's being released in theaters anyway, and it's going to make a shit ton of, of money. And I got to say, I watched it. And I liked it. I thought it was funny, and I I, I kind of enjoyed it. But you know, on a, on a very like low level. Oh, you know, because it's, 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 everybody I know who has seen it said it was funny. Yeah, and and it's fine. Like, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like a like a like a Mark Mark Mark's what is it, brothers Mark's brothers movie? Mark's brothers movie. You know, it's kind of slapsticky. You know, especially James Franco's character is really dumb, and and uh, there's a stretch. <laughs> Actually, no, I know he's yeah. he's supposed to be brilliant, but I don't I'm know kinda, if he's done. I'm I mean, kind of yeah, done yeah, with him when once he started sexting seventeen year olds, which again might have been a publicity stunt for another movie that he was working on. That's, which that's, is just like these guys are got their their head on backwards when it comes to publicity. That's the interesting thing about the media, though. You know, it, it could all be a joke. It could all it could be real. Portions of it could be a joke. Portions of it could be real. And there's no way that us, the public, will really know because you know because of the format, because of, of what it is. And in the meantime, I'm not going to go see any of those guys' movies. That's so cool. And, so and that's awesome. It's not working on me. And that's and that's <laughs> awesome that you have your freedom, your freedom to choose media destiny and whatever. That's cool, man. I was at a party a, a, a month ago, and one of the people at the party called me Seth Rogen all night. <laughs> really? 
I hate those people. I hate those people that are like, oh, you, you look like this guy. And then well, she guy. kept, every time she would re- refer to me, she would refer to me fully as Seth Rogen. Like, Hi, Seth Rogen. Do you want to oh, drink? Oh, that's do you even want to more drink annoying. Seth, Seth yeah. Last time that happened to me, some this guy was, you know, kept repeating like, oh, you know who you reminded me, reminded me, reminded me of? You know, the Cosmos guy. You know, that guy, you know, the space Neil deGrasse guy. Tyson? And I, I was like, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah, that guy, just the way you talk. And, and it was it was obviously because I'm not white and I have facial hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have bigger glasses now because I had to get progressives and I have facial hair. And I'm heavy set. and Seth Rogen used to be heavy set. Not, he looked nothing like Seth Rogen. I know. That's what I think too. But people keep... Ascribing that, and, I and some people like say they listen Tyson. to the podcast and think I sound like Seth Rogen. You don't. Do I you? don't. I mean, you have. You I don't have, sound anything like Seth Rogen. You're, in the, you're in this, <laughs> probably in the same register, like Barrytone. Maybe, or but your yeah. voice vibrates. But yeah. He, he, no, I don't. I don't have that like, same yeah. throaty, you know, nasally quality. You know what it is, though. It's 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 a psychological uh, trope that you see manifest in, in people, me included. Everybody's got to put something in a box. It's projection. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. project. Yeah. You know what they what they want to be real, they make it real. But even even a guy at work said that. A, a big boss at work said that. He said, "No, oh, you're doing the Seth Rogen thing." Huh? And I'm like, "Nope. <laughs> Not at all." You, you got to understand like people relate to the world in yeah. whatever way they yeah. can and, and if simple-minded people, people well, they do. People it. in general, the general populace tends I in my experience has been that they tend to relate they compartmentalize the world in very superficial ways, in very simple superficial ways, yeah. and I mean, that's how a lot of people can navigate that use to navigate the world. And to, their, to their defense, though, it's 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 not something that's necessarily easy to do, and just be open minded, accept accept different kinds of people, and really invest emotionally when you talk sure. to people that yeah. you don't understand to try to understand. Yeah. Them. It's 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 kind of taxing in that respect. So right. I get it why they why you know. They have but like, I, I'm one of those people who, <clears throat> you know me, I'm, I invest in everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Po- po- you know, positive, negative, or you know, good, bad, or otherwise. I invest in lots of stuff emotionally. So The world would be a better place if people cared. I agree. But, yeah. I agree. A lot of apathy in this country. And, like, people people often ask me, <clears throat> why are you upset about this? Or why why are you mad about this? Why do you care about this? And it's like, why do you not? What, why am I? Why am I the one under scrutiny here for actually giving a shit about some, the way something is about something not being right? Yeah, it's like it's like things with with like feminism, sexism, racism, blah blah, you know, things like that. And people are like just let it go. I'm like, no, no, yeah. th- it's wrong, and well, it, it needs. And eventually, I, I pride it, myself. I pride myself in being like that because that means I'm not part of the herd. I'm not, right. I'm not. You know. I, right. And this and this goes in line with like Satanists. Beliefs, sure. That I, you don't want to be part of a group. No, no. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a the, Satanist. They pray, Satanist praise yeah. the individual. I'm not a Satanist, but that's one of the things that I take from that. Sure, sure, like, sure. That's, that's correct. That's how people. Oh yeah. Me. I mean, I read. I read Levay and and some of the other stuff. And uh, one of the best things I ever read that would, that had satanic references was the Marilyn Manson autobiography. That was oh, such yeah. a fun book. That's a good book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. The whole <laughs> the whole thing of the biggest sin in Satanism is not murder; it's stupidity. And, Definitely. you know, be an individual, don't be part of the herd, you know, stand out, be different, you know. Every Satanist that I've spoken to will call you out on being an idiot. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they'll stop totally. talking to you. Yeah, yeah. They they'll just... unfriend you very quickly. Yep. <laughs> so that's a good thing to, to have. I mean, I'd rather hang out with a person, a Satanist, than, oh, sure. than, than a fan of, like, you know, the Kardashians. Any yeah. Day, any day of the week, you know. Um, 
So, more highlights, man. 2014. Something else. I finally saw True Detective. We watched the whole oh, series. Yes. It was phenomenal. Eight episodes. And what's the guy, what's the, thing, the next thing that that guy's working on? The next show? Uh, Stephen King's It. Yeah, It. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Me too, man. Yeah. Kerry Fukunaga. He's, yeah, yeah. He's going to be a household name in a few years. You watch. But, but True yes. Detective was just. <laughs> One of the things I've been I've been working trying to get a voice demo together to kind of try and get on with it already, and one of the voices that I did, I, what basically what I did in order to kind of create a demo reel was I just turned on the record, turn on the computer on record with the microphone, and then had Danny just give me stuff to do, just one after the other, after the other, after the other, and the other one, one of them was <laughs> was um, Matthew McConaughey um, reading. It was like a, a book from oh it was a, it was from Cosmos it was a, it was a section of the Carl Sagan book Cosmos and it was read it as Matthew McConaughey wow and so I went right into True Detective mode when he when they're riding in the car together and he's just like just spewing out existentialist you know and, and everything and I'm just how went, would that go I just like, went into that whole thing of you know just like you know the universe and the way we, <laughs> the way we look at things and the people. Ellie was on a swing people. when she tilted her head back and looked at the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's, yes. that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And that was that was one of the <laughs> one of the funner moments of that. You know, it's just like, I love those car commercials he does because it just doesn't make you want to buy a car at all. Yeah. And he's just driving around, and I loved. On SNL, Jim Carrey. Yes, when they had Jim Carrey doing the doing the McConaughey car. Like, I have a little booger in my hand. Yeah, I got a little booger. <laughs> I got this booger in my hand, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to flick it off my finger. It feels like it's a small tennis ball. Be like a little tennis ball here between my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to the point where, also with uh, with. Um, Woody Harrelson's character, you get to where you really don't like him at all. He starts off yeah. being the really likable one. Now, I tend to gravitate towards existentialist people anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a big, like, Wes Anderson fan, and I'm a big, you know, I'm really big into all that kind of shaking your fist at the sky and why are we here and, and there's no answer and life's meaningless and life's absurd and all that stuff. And then, so so McConaughey's character doesn't turn me off immediately like it does for everybody else. Oh, he was he was really he was he was the hook yes, for me. Yes, exactly yeah, for me too. But Woody Harrelson's always Woody Harrelson to start off with, and is always likable and lovable. But then you realize the guy's the piece guy of shit. the guy's a piece of shit, and the guy you know can't keep his love like can't keep his marriage state, can't keep it in his pants, and can't he can't stop lying to people, and you know that ultimately winds up destroying every relationship that he has. But ultimately, towards the end, though, he redeems himself. He does. He does. Yeah. He does. And um, I, I really liked the wife. I, I, I felt like oh, often. What's in, her name? Uh, Carrie Monahan or the actress? I don't remember. But the, yeah. often in media, when you have a philandering husband, they make the wife out to be an unreasonable bitch. Mm-hmm. They do that in that, and they kind of, sort of tread that tread that razor thin line with her and I never hated her I never disliked her I never no I, I was on her fucking right, side the whole right. time but the yeah. way that they have the way that they write those characters those women who've been cheated on or people who've been cheated on or whatever and they they get overly fuck you go away I'm leaving you no you don't get a second chance you're supposed to not like those people that they're written to be dislikable or just as another obstacle in the protagonist's yeah. life 
But in this case, <clears throat> so you're talking about she was right. She eventually left talking, him. Yeah, you're talking about when when like they're still friends, like in the present. Right, right, right. right. That, I thought that was very realistic, and that's yeah. what I think the show does really good. It's it's so much. It's so well grounded in reality. Yeah, that it's like you're peering yeah. into like this alternate. No, I expected more of kind of a paranormal or supernatural element to the show, and there never was one. It was just kind of a culty, these weirdo, you know, hick cult thing, but which was based on a lot of stuff that I looked at yeah. later and was Creepy like, as yeah, hell. that's well, it's stuff that really did come from Europe and other places, and you know, I, I that, came this close to buying that uh, yellow, uh, King the yellow book. king thing, yeah, 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 it's an interesting thing. I might yeah. read it, you know, yeah. Carcosa, whatever. Yeah, Carcosa and the yellow king. <clears throat> I mean, that I, t- I looked at those very tacitly, looked up those little, and it, it's it's based in in real mythology, real old. Old old timey religion, blah 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 stuff, um, but yeah, it was just so well crafted and it was just so well rounded, three dimensional, mm-hmm. and even though, and and I, I know my ex wife will hate McConaughey's character. Danny didn't like McConaughey's oh, character really? either because of the existential thing. People mm-hmm. who don't get existentialism, people who don't understand. A general sense of dissatisfaction yeah. with the universe as a whole. It's, yeah, don't like characters like that. I, I know it's interesting. It's hard for me not to like those characters, right? But, but I completely identify time, with those characters. What I thought was interesting about him was that he was very much um, not a good guy. But I can't no. say I can't say he was a bad guy. Well, he's but he, he's he, what a lot of. Well, what a lot of mainstream media dude, he was people really, he was, refer to as an anti-hero. Yeah, but he was even—he was—I he, mean, he—he had a moral north that was very much grounded right. in what's just, right? But he was not necessarily a good guy. I mean, he—he he thought less of people. I mean, he, the, oh, the one, sure. The one scene where he's—oh, he doesn't have any magnanimous qualities to he's him a whatsoever. Yeah, he's a total misanthrope, and he's totally—I uh, like the scene where they go to that uh, tent. Yeah, they're preaching the revival he, tent. He's breaking down why people, you yeah, know, yeah. are religious, and and that. I thought that was so inspired. Whoever, I don't know, so if, I don't know, if, I don't know if Kara Fukunaga wrote it as well, but whoever did is a freaking genius. Man. So great! Oh yeah, that whole thing right there, where Woody Harrelson's like, "Come on, people need love," and he's just like, "No, man, you just don't get it." And then people just <laughs> just blindly follow whatever into the sunset, and it's like, "No, you don't. You just don't get it at all." And it, and and. It's so hard for me not to look at the world and, and to look at the universe and to look at life and to look at lives, look at humans and their lives and just think, my God, why? Why are we all just walking on this treadmill toward oblivion together? And not, and we've show, got so little to show for it. I mean, a cell phone, is that something to be shown for? We should be out exploring space. We should have the SSN, USS Enterprise by now. I mean, we should. that's where we should be, you know. And we have this amazing technology at our fingertips, and we're just not using it effectively. Mm-hmm. Because we can't get past our petty, everyday, mundane, banal bullshit of just getting up and going you know getting up and going to work every day eat shit sleep yeah and do everything shit. you can to get the three things the further more quote-unquote yeah. advanced we get the more lizard brain we become we're just going right back oh, to eat shit that's, sleep that's, that's, fuck you that's know that's the, the greatest cosmic irony that you can yeah. ascribe to anyone yes. human being on this planet yes. that you know we live in the 21st century and we have you know discovered you know quantum physics we're on the verge of like maybe discovering the uh the the Higgs boson. Oh sure. You know we have a rover on Mars. Ninety nine percent people though eat shit, sleep, sleep fuck, work, and that's it. so you can get money, so you can keep eating 
shitting and, and sleeping. sleeping. Yeah, and so you can eat more, eat shit, eat shit <laughs> and sleep more. Well, yeah, and that's the, that's the <clears throat> other thing too. Is I think you know you think about people who didn't make it to this point, the people who didn't make it to people who let's say the people who went to the the big uh, exposition at the end of the turn of the century in the in in you know eighteen ninety nine, the big you know nineteen hundred exposition in wherever it was Paris or or wherever it was. People went to big exposition and they saw this stuff that the future was going to bring, blah, or the World's Fair in the 30s where all the nylon and all the, you know, DuPont had their all of their stuff come out at the same time. Rayon and nylon and all these different uh, polymers and stuff that they came up with and the world was going to change and the world was going to be this and that. And you would think that people that died around that time who, who died thinking that, oh, the world's going to be a better place, they could see 2014, 2015, and they could look that... Beyond a few superficial, shiny things that we have that are different, the world's basically still exactly the same. That it's still, we're still as a species so under-evolved. The onus falls on us. Money. As, as human beings. It's, it's, it's because Because greed, we, yeah. we can have a select few, and it is a select few. It is like 1% of people. Like the really bright scientists and engineers that are reinventing the way we do things and... and Providing more efficient technology, it's one percent. But it, the onus falls on you as an individual to partake in what is made possible now. So, I mean, we have a lot of obstacles in this country, in the world oh, as a yeah. whole. The media holds people back. Oh you know? God, yeah. There's a lot of agendas. That the media is gone. It's useless. There's no such thing as journalism in America yeah. anymore. It's all agenda driven. It's all. It's all. There's no such thing as pure journalism in America anymore. It's gone. And that's sad. And the closest thing we have to pure journalism in America is Al Jazeera, BBC, yeah. other countries. <laughs> America has no journalism anymore. There's no there's no journalistic integrity here anymore. There's no who who, we, who, turned, who went, we, you know who when where what why how. You know what we are, man. We're fucking cows. Yeah, we're cattle. That's what we are. We're yeah. fucking cattle. And well, this and is we, getting exciting. This is getting hey, this we, is getting fun. <laughs> we we took the pill, okay? Yeah, we took the pill. You got to take yeah. the pill with us. No, I mean, no, we can change the tone if yeah. you want. I mean, I just no, it's all right. It's just really at the core of what I believe. But it's you know. it's it's just that message for me in 2014 was really hammered home a lot over and over and over and over. Well, again. one thing that I'm excited let's let's turn a page and, and go to like excitement. I'm excited this year for the Internet of Things because there's there's a real push in that direction where things are going to be interconnected and uh, you'll have like a completely smart home. That when you wake up in the morning, it wakes up with you and starts brewing you coffee, turns on the right lights, um, you know, tells you weather information, so you know how to dress when you go yeah. out, stuff like that. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's and that's that's. There's a company that already exists that sells you kits, yeah. sensors. Yeah. You can set up it in, at home, and you buy you know like software to control it. But this year, things you know, we're gonna have more interesting things happen with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, looking to the future, since is the new year's robotics, I think. At the end of this decade, we're going to start seeing a lot of robotics companies like actually go into people's homes and become. It's going to become a multi-billion-dollar company. Uh, I mean, industry. Uh, this decade, if not early next decade, and that's fascinating to me because I I can't wait to have like a like a real assistant that's a robot I can talk to and it just and, and you know it helps me do things more efficiently. That that that, that would be awesome. We already kind of have yeah, robots. I, I like all that technology and I like that. It, 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 that stuff is exciting, but but my the first thing I start thinking of is well, gee, not everybody's going to be able to afford that. Oh, definitely, they're going to be you know, you know the, the ones I, that are like um, anthropomorphic are going to be worth the same as a car, right? First, 
But I think that that I think we have a lot of more. But look at the Roomba. That's a robot. Sure, 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 and that's fine. It's only three hundred dollars. Yeah, I three hundred dollars is a lot for a vacuum. <laughs> it kind of is. It's gonna go. It's gonna go down. I mean, you, the best vacuum the Consumer Reports rates consistently is one hundred and ten dollars. This is a vacuum you don't have to. Use. No, I know, I know. So, and, how, and it, we talked about getting one when we get a new place. So, so how much um, is your energy worth? Because oh, yeah, yeah, your yeah, time, your time. You're you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, um, I I don't know. I I like those things, those ideas of technology and this and that and the other thing. But, I mean, of course, I don't know. Cell phones. Everybody in the world's got a cell phone. Even the poorest of people have cell phones. So, you know, they're, eventually they're going to be, you know, come... Everything will become more available. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how... Yeah, I just... I have a hard time these days looking at... It's difficult for me to look at anything in just one way anymore, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's critical thinking or if that's me slowly going insane and becoming more cynical <laughs> and bitter at every you know at every second of every day, but or if it's just trying to be realistic or I don't know I don't know where it comes from. But seventy five percent says the latter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sixty eight percent of all statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah. So, so the one I just made up is just as legitimate as the <laughs> the others. <laughs> As is the statistic I just. No, I see a world where you know there's going to be a lot of a lot of change coming, um, and it's going to be compare. Uh, you know, it's going to be comparable to um, when you were you know like a little kid talking to your grandfather and he didn't understand like television or something like something. that. That's going to happen yeah. with robotics and when automation mm-hmm. um, gets better and uh, you know cell phones get more efficient mm-hmm. and you can just you know. Information can be delivered faster. It's just going to open up like possibilities, like never, nothing, nothing else. Before privacy is going to be out the window for for good. Oh, yeah, yeah. No one's going to be able to no. like hide things. No. It's just not going to happen. No. And that is going to be something that I'm going to resist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the generation coming after me is not going to care. Yeah, yeah. It's being it's being socialized out of us. Um, and that's scary though. Because so let's go back. to... Yeah, you're right. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's very 1984. Let's go back to like. Do you have anything else in 2014 that blew you away? That oh yeah, back? Days, Days of Future Past. Okay, that movie was awesome. I've yeah, seen yeah. it like ten times. Yeah, yeah. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, that was, was good too. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Guardians! Guardians was phenomenal. It was just that was. What was your What was your number one movie for the year? Whoa, that's hard. I think Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians. Sure. Guardians is probably number two for me. I like how I was like, yeah, that's hard. Oh, Guardians. The Hobbit was number three. <laughs> um, I but first was was, uh, um, oh sure, the Wes Anderson, uh, oh, uh, Grand Budapest Grand, Hotel. Yeah. Just far above. I mean, a good a good a good head and half a length above everything else. You know. Also, uh, Nightcrawler. I don't know if you've seen it. I didn't. Not my not my kind of movie. That, that's my number two right there. That, that movie was amazing. Uh, yeah. Interstellar was really impressive, although it doesn't it doesn't. Yeah, I didn't see Gravity. I didn't see Interstellar. I didn't see Gravity was great too. Interstellar and Gravity don't really didn't really survive in my brain as great movies. Yeah. I I command Nolan and um, sure. Quaron for making amazing masterful films, but it, it they kind of just dropped off my was mind. Was Man of Steel twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen? I can't remember. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't last year it, it was, was 13 it was 2013 I think um, yeah I'm trying to remember I saw very few movies this year very few but Grand Budapest Hotel was definitely 
yeah, way, way out in front for me. It, it, just get, just the fact that that's the thing. There's so many auteurs out there who just don't aren't throwing down anymore, and to have Wes Anderson continue just to be able to put out his thing, his way every time, and it be consistently funny, well written, fresh, exciting, different, and funny, and just just so delightful. It just you just sit there for two hours, just your 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 hand and your chin and you're just smiling and you're just like you're so happy because it's just feeling. happening in front of you and you ju- it's just feeling. so great. My number three film is from an auteur that's throwing down. The thing is with auteurs, some of them are more prolific than others, and like I don't I don't know if like Jim Jarmish. I don't think he's made a yeah, film in Jarmish like ten years. Jarmish Lynch. <clears throat> last Lynch movie Lynch made was. Uh, was uh, Inland Empire and God that was on handheld 2006 or something yeah, it was, no it was after that it was probably 2010 maybe so my, num- my number three uh, from this guy uh, Jonathan Glazer Under the, Ste- the Skin oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 I wanted to, that was the, the Scarlett Johansson is the alien right I still want to see that there's many reasons I want to see that <laughs> she's naked in yeah, it, a lot yes very much but in a way that's not attractive it, it's because there's two different kinds of nudity in movies. There's a nudity that's obviously supposed to be titillating and, you know, get you to go like, oh, that's a sexy there's, person. There's but then there's this, the other nudity that's like... There's utilitarian nudity. There's, there's because this is what would happen. Not, exactly. Not, we're putting this in front of you because it's sexy. We're so, putting like, this in front for, of you well, because this is what would happen. Two good examples of, like, the, the latter, the non-titillating nudity is, like, Indians in a film, you know... They're naked, or like a rape scene, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That that's the opposite of like titillating, but it's still like nudity, and that's similar in this movie. Like when she's naked, it's doing something that's so horrific. Yeah. And there's no way that you'll be focusing on her boobs or something. It's, right. it's like it's you're more focused on the horrific act that's going on. It, it's a great movie. I recommend you watch it. Yeah, yeah. They they used a lot of non-actors and people that they didn't even tell. Were, they didn't even tell them they were filming them. Uh, in a lot of scenes because wow. she does a lot of driving oh yeah and it just adds like this really like gritty like yeah, yeah. real world thing to, again like yeah just, I mean it, from everything I understood about the film is it's just supposed to be this very slice of life just here's this alien who travels from body to body for you know for whatever reason and, and it just is it's not it's, it's almost like with David Lynch he, he always says there's so much in life that is absurd and unexplained why can't that be the way film is too it's very and, much like yeah, that. I like that. I like that kind of film where where you don't have everything spoon fed to you. You don't have everything explained to you. An old, you know, somebody. You, you're. You, we were just watching the, the the final two episodes of Twin Peaks, and um, where there's a scene where the two people are talking, and somebody is carrying this large ceramic deer that's very heavy and kind of carrying it, hugging it to them and waddling in front of them in front of the, in front of them on the screen mm-hmm. and then out of shot very slowly it takes a good minute for them to get across the screen and you know that, I always appreciate films that don't have uh, pages upon pages of like exposition sure and, and that's my biggest gripe with Interstellar it's like it's the same as Inception which it works in Inception because it's such a you know it's a heist film, and heist films right. lend themselves better for exposition. You need expo- exposition. But Interstellar, it's like a sci-fi, like esoteric, sure. existential film. It has a shit ton of exposition. I, I didn't like and it. And it's all McConaughey. Well, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> 
It's humans walking. Which you don't believe for a second that lives. McConaughey can hold a freaking scientific formula in his head. Oh, no, so when no, you're watching no. him, like, <laughs> spit out all that I, Don't get me crap. wrong. I mean, I have kind of a <laughs> comically love-hate relationship with him. I mean, he's an actor that I like, to, I like, but I also really like to make fun of at the same time. And I oh, think he's made he, some shitty films. I think he kind of sure. is aware. I hope he's aware of that. that his his thing, his mark on the world is really kind of this. Well, it's like on Family Guy when they do McConaughey. It's like, you know, I just never really did get my life together. And that's, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And it's funny. And it's funny because, you know, yeah, you expect him to be like, you know, just living in somebody's. Like somebody's cabin boy or whatever, or he's just living in somebody's <laughs> cabin He's boy. living in somebody's back house, you know, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. I clean the pool. I clean the leaves out of the pool a couple of days a week. You just I, let me sleep on the couch yeah, and throw some rubies, you know. Yeah. yeah. You got Simple any man. You don't mind if I do pay-per-view, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of his characteristics. And that's what makes him so accessible to people, because he, he, he looks like... A regular guy. Yeah, he looks like just some some guy from yeah. some surfer guy who like grew up in Kansas and now he lives in L.A. or whatever, and he's kind of a beach bum or whatever. And and yeah, yeah. I mean, he comes, he does that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking about incorporating some kind of character like that into my, at least using that as kind of a voice in one of my stand up things or whatever. Oh, so. that would be interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, he's, this he's did my goal this year. I, I didn't really do res- I don't do resolutions, but my one of my goals this year is to get up and do an open mic somewhere. Oh, you should first dude. quarter, first quarter. So you I've got de- till April first to do that. You definitely should, man. And, and there's there's a lot of good places around this area too. Oh right? yeah, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, LA's the place. Yeah. Well, you know, from what everybody says, though, I listen. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, <laughs> the comedians all say that LA is a horrible place to start stand up. Uh, that I would have been better off in Denver. Growing up in Denver, I would have been better off doing stand-up and improv and all that there. Breaking my chop, you know, breaking my chops there and then coming here. Breaking my chops. There's a mixed metaphor. Today <laughs> on the Mixed Metaphor Hour... That's an interesting metaphor. We're going to be I actually didn't pussy really, on the chain wax. Yeah, didn't... Um, fuck, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks. He came to Texas. LA. He came to LA and he kind of just didn't go anywhere. He had to go back and yeah. back again. Well, he started doing stand up when he was 15 in Texas. And, and he had a hard time. Oh, yeah. 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 It is. It's, I can't you ever imagine. See, you ever see he, a couple of those early tapes of his where yeah. at, at, when, when he was drinking right. and drinking heavily, where he's basically just laying down on stage screaming at the audience? You told me about that one. I haven't seen it's that one. Really but sad, I've but seen, it's really sad. I've seen the ones where he's really young and very obviously uh, drunk. And, oh yeah, uh, just going off. He yeah. was really like, yeah. really yeah. energetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Joel- well, I love the one where he attacks the one lady in the in the audience, the heckler. I love that. Punches her? No, no, no. But I mean, just with ver- with words. And oh, he's okay. just you fucking moron. You know, and it's <laughs> that's that one's really good. But the one there's there were times when he was basically just you could see an, an aerial shot of like from up like a balcony of the stage at a comedy club. And he's just lying on the edge of the stage with his hand on his forehead, screaming in the microphone. Yeah, and, he was and awesome. That was the point where he had to just stop doing substances of all kinds of, and alcohol and everything. And then he got clean, and then he was good again. But yeah. well, I think it's Joe Rogan that that uh, said once that LA is really bad. It's a really bad town to try material in um, because the people that uh, are in LA uh, they understand comedy. 
different, well, they're industry people. They're industry people for the most part, and they understand. They're going to understand and, and try to laugh at most of your jokes when you go outside of the, the city. Yeah. Though, well, it's hard to develop road material in LA because LA is a very specific bubble, and and jokes that work in LA won't work outside of it, and vice versa. It's hard to develop road material here. You have to develop road material on the road, and so. And that, you, that's you, what the comedians say. You'll never be able to do that unless you actually actually go on the road, right? Yeah. And I don't see myself ever going on the road, so I might be one of those LA indie, you know, alt, alt comics or whatever you want to call. Well, they don't really call it alternative comedy anymore these days, but you know. So, so what else happened in 2015? Music, TV 2014. shows. I mean, 2014. Sorry about that. I was trying to think about music, <laughs> and I've mostly been going back to older stuff. I do. I wind up listening to a lot of music around the holidays every year. And I listened to my old vast Christmas collection. I had to go through and take out uh, multiple versions of the same song. I can't, in good conscience, enjoy Baby It's Cold Outside anymore. Because it's a bit rapey. So, can't do it anymore. At one point, it was considered to be this kind of twinkle-in-the-eye, quaint little holiday. Oh, I'm going to you know, convince this girl to stay here and... Fuck me, basically. But now, <laughs> basically, they did a re- they did a. There was two different versions of it that they redid. Jimmy Fallon did one where the girl was going after the guy, and that was okay. But then they did another. One, uh, College Humor, I think, did another one where it was like, "I really can't stay." The music stopped. The guy goes, "All right, yeah, that's fine. I I've had a wonderful time. Uh, let me get your coat. Uh, do you want me to call you a cab? No, I've got an Uber on the way. Okay, great. Well, mm, bye. I had a great time. I hope to get. Into, I'll call you in a couple days. Hopefully, we can get together again soon. The end." <laughs> that should be what the song is instead of this guy just going oh wait it's cold outside why don't you stay here where it's warm you know and it's <laughs> gross and uh, so I had to delete like five different versions of that from go into iTunes and click uncheck on five different versions of that song um, so you can't, you can't listen to it at all? no I, I can't I can't in good conscience wow, listen to it anymore because it's just <clears throat> My attitudes and things that I feel about and think about have changed, and and I'm changing, and I'm becoming. The older I get, the more empathetic I get toward people who could potentially be subjected in some fashion. Hmm. And the less tolerant I become of said subjective behavior. So, where's that going to lead to? I don't know. But maybe me. is it going is it, is it to lead to you in 10, 10 years being that guy that's like get off my lawn? Well, no, it's not that. It's or, it's, it's it's hey, it's, get... it's it's hey, asshole, leave her alone. She said no. It's that right, okay. I'm becoming that, and I don't mind. And a lot of people that's a downer for a lot of people, but oh well. You know, with the the way that the world has gone on, there's enough inequity in the world. There's enough people throwing their weight on top of other people mm-hmm. in the world as it is. I don't want to contribute to that anymore. So, hey, man, that's you know, it's like the shit that went down with you and that other guy at work a year and a half ago, or whatever. And I know you you moved past it and all, and you did your own thing with it, and whatever, like that. But I can't ever be friends with that guy. I'll work with him, but I can't ever. 
yeah. be friends with that guy. No, that's that's great, man. I was just like probing you, but but that's I th- I I agree. That's a great attitude to have. You know, and especially just, you know, I, think, I have so many friends who are women, and every single woman I've ever spoken to, everyone I've ever talked, if the subject comes up, yes, they all have a story. Every single one has a story of somebody who wouldn't leave them alone, or 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 or, and it's like, you know. Yeah. How long, unfortunate. Just, how long are we just going to let that we're, stay? We're, we're still apes. Yeah, yeah, we are. Cows. Yeah. Some people are cows. Yeah. Other people are people. Are, depending on the situation, cows are apes. Yeah. Another going back to um, highlights, film because I consume so many films. Great. Oh yeah, you watch way more movies. Uh, than I, I used to go to 30, 40 movies a year, and I just don't do it anymore. Yeah, that's just what I spend a lot of time doing. Uh, Predestination, <laughs> another Ethan Hawke movie. Oh. Where he plays like this. He kind of having like a little mini comeback this year or last well, year. Well, I don't. Th- yeah, I wouldn't call it a comeback. Mm. Don't call it a comeback. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, he plays this guy who travels through time. He's like an agent. Sure. Uh, and he's trying to stop this thing from happening, or you don't really know. See, saying anything else about the movie will spoil it, but it's a great little sci-fi film. I creeps Sounds up on like uh, what was the uh, what was the. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, Bruce Looper. Willis, Lewis, sounds like Looper. Doesn't have it's not an action movie, mm. but it, right. it's it's cool how all the devices like how they travel through time. There's a bureau behind it. Uh, how he's connected to the other characters. Time agent like Jack uh, Jack Harkness on Doctor Who, which you haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. And more like Time Cop, I guess. Time Cop, <laughs> Sliders. Oh, Sliders is cool. They they do time travel and like interdimensional travel in that show. Um, uh, Quantum Leap, Quantum uh, Leap yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who, <laughs> dude. Sliders is one of those shows that I remembered it being cooler than it actually is. Of course, because I when I saw, but that it, was, was more universes than time travel. That was yeah. going between different universes. Sometimes the universes were like they went to one where it was like you know everyone. It was like the sixties. Sure. Sometimes they did. Sure. Kind of like you know sure. shoehorn that in, but yeah, it was it was mostly it was just interdimensional travel in essence. Yeah. Such a great show. Sci-fi shows like that are I, I miss them. That's the thing. There's I don't know if you have seen any good sci-fi shows in the last few years. No. Other than no, no, no. no. I mean, other than Doctor Who, no. Yeah. Yeah, sci-fi shows. It's all little like two-hour movie. You know, two-hour TV movies. Now it's all like little one-off story movies. Well, there's I, Sci-Fi Channel still produces them. Like, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one called oh, there's Ter- no show. Yeah, there's one called Terra Nova. Oh, that was awful. That I thought was, started off okay. started off promising and then just went downhill really yeah, fast. Like, this collapsed. was a show clearly made for people in Iowa. Was not. No, that was that was a bad show. I'm, it got canceled, mid, you know, after the first season. You know, the concept itself, cool concept, but no. paradoxical in nature, though. No, and then you got the you got the bad guy from Avatar as the. I liked him. Yeah, show, yeah, I liked, I liked him. him in the show, but it was just still just like eh. <laughs> we're gonna see this old guy running around in the jungle again. You know, and my like, problem with those shows is that they and, and there's more than one show that suffer, suffers from this. They start off with this great premise and the promise that sure. it's gonna get better, and we're gonna show you all this shit. And they never show you anything, and it's just the drama no. between them in this location. Yeah. And you don't see dinosaurs, no. and you don't no. see traveling no. from no, no, no. back and forth in time. Yeah, they throw in a few dinosaurs in the first episode, and they show in, show a bunch of stuff in, the, in, in current or future time, you know, and then the that, episode and now where, it's just drama, 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 yo, the epi- wherever you are. The episode where I gave up on the show was like a two-parter episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, we watched that whole first season. When, when, when the one guy... 
is deployed. He has to go to like a power station, and then the team catches up to them, and they find out that a dinosaur attacked them, but they never show mm-hmm. the dinosaur. I was like, yeah, I'm done. There's a whole bunch of shows that I that I stopped watching midway through in 2014. Walking Dead. Oh, really? Game of Thrones. Um, there was another one that I stopped in midweek. Oh, hey, too. The Strain. How can we go without... Oh, The Strain. Now, The Strain, I'm looking forward to The Strain Part 2, Nick. That's going to be good. The Strain was awesome. Strain was great beginning to end. Never de- It didn't deviate from the book much. It was just... I yeah, loved it. The, loved the it, underdog loved it. of the year because I, I started... Totally. It should started, have been, yeah. gotten a way bigger reception than it did. started watching it hoping to make fun of it. And, yeah, yeah. And it ended up liking it more than loved I thought. Loved it. Amazing. But Bye. again, anything with Guillermo del, del Toro attached pretty much... Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to, to Pac Room Two and uh, Crimson uh, Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another movie he's made. That's yeah. the one he's making before uh, Pac Two. Yeah. Pac Room Two. Yeah, uh, yeah should be interesting. Be, yeah, yeah. That's that's cool, man. I, there's a lot of things to look forward to in this year. Music wise, I haven't uh, found anything new much lately. There hasn't been. Uh, 2013 was a huge year for music, but 2014, not as much. Um, 2014 had yeah just only a couple things here and there um, which I can't even think of right now um, the new David Bowie that was really good yeah um, David Bowie's always good but other than that there wasn't there wasn't a big year for music music's kind of I don't know seems like there's a lot of sameness kind of happening in the world in the media and music right now is I don't know it's it's a weird time. They're in for that me. weird and, and floaty in between of where they're going to figure out how to monetize the. It's, it's sad that everything's tied to that. Like yeah. everything's tied to the to the delivery yeah. platform that yeah. is tied to money. Yeah. That is that is pathetic in my mind because I think, yeah, artists should you know, uh, have better opportunities to put forth their music and, and actually reach people, and not rely on on the business sure. people that always fuck them in the ass. Yeah. Because there's no one artist that has walked away from a record deal, uh, and they've benefited from it more than the record company. They always get fucked. They always get. Prince you know, seems to be doing all right for himself, and I, it's <clears throat> nice. I was glad to see that the 30th anniversary of Purple Rain kind of brought Prince back into the media again. Because I think having Prince off on his own, without being you know popping up here and there. A little sadder. I like I like I like Prince being around, and it's been nice to see he was on. He did a couple TV shows. He did SNL. He did you know, he, and he was just around, and he was yeah. a, a, a visible, and it was nice. It's good to see he's got the big fro again, and it's it's just nice to see him back with us. That was cool, and yeah. still doing his thing and doing it exactly the way he always wanted to. Yeah, man. I, I just I lately have been like listening to a lot of uh, the new stuff that I've been listening to is not even rock. It's not even like one genre. It's like a mesh of yeah, yeah. like everything, you know. Yeah. Like there's this one group called Death Grips. Yeah, you were, I, I we, mentioned we, it. we mentioned it on a previous podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, just really bizarre stuff like that. I don't know. I, I've kind of fallen back. You know, there's somebody else that kind of that kind of reminded me of uh, when I listened to it. It kind of reminded me of Saul Williams. Are you familiar with Saul? Williams? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah love yeah. Saul Williams. I don't know what so, happened. Yeah, I know just ran into but, him somewhere. But any to anywhere, any yeah, I would, I would, I hope Saul Williams makes some more albums because he was his collaboration with Trent Reznor was just outstanding. Yeah, and really I'd cool. love to hear more from him. Um, a truly unique person. Yeah, I agree. He was truly. Hesitation marks was a great album. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. The Nine Inch Nails performance on uh, on uh, Austin City Limits was outstanding. 
It may, it was it, it was cool seeing Trent Reznor being as raw and emotional as he always has been, but in between songs you could see that he was human. And that didn't used to be. Yeah, he, he can still he can still tap into that dark place, but he doesn't live he had, there. He doesn't live there all the time now. And now he's an Oscar winner. Now he's yeah. an Academy Award winner. He had you know? he always had this aura of uh, being like supernatural in a way, like untouchable. You know, kind of. He always had that aura that you know he he wouldn't give everyone an interview. He no. wouldn't make a lot of appearances. No, but everything he dropped was like genius. Another group that I discovered um, this year that FKA Twigs. Hmm. FKA Twigs is like this. Um, Really weird singer, you know, like minimal techno, pop. Hmm. Um, been digging a lot of that stuff. Kind of like uh, St. Vincent? No, no. St. Vincent is like, I, I don't really like that music. But be, because because of what it stands for, it's like very packaged. And hey, we're forcing, you know, our look. And we're looking very 80s and, you know, we're looking... Quirky and, and like you know we're artsy and shit. I don't like that. But the, the yeah. FKA Twigs. Um, See, I really like the Saint Vincent thing because that's probably because I grew up in the eighties. But yeah. I really like the Saint Vincent thing. I, but musically, I really like the music and I like the yeah. sound and I like the. I gave him a the, shot. The structure yeah. of it. Um, I didn't dig it that much. Yeah. FKA Twigs reminds me of like Bjork a little bit, and, right. and the, the, how how they approach making music and also the Aphex Twin uh, Cyro. Oh yeah, they had a new album. Yeah, they had a new album last year. Yeah, there's just one guy. He, yeah, Richard D. James. That was a great album. I I listened to that one on and off. Yeah, I listened to a couple. Listened to it a couple times. Yeah. But yeah, music. music, I had to really be in the mood for Aphex Twin. I like more than Aphex Twin's albums. I like his remixes of other people's stuff. His reproductions of other people's stuff. Yeah. The stuff he did with Nine Inch Nails in the '90s, and you know that he's done with everybody. It's you know, I like that. The guy, the one thing that he always delivers is you can't ignore his music. It's not mm-hmm. background music, yeah. even when it's when you listen to the the really like um, more ambient tracks in the album, they still pull a lot from you. That you know, other music in that same wavelength doesn't. Yeah. Like it, every music, every song he makes just resonates with me in a different way. I, it's interesting. It's like. Like, you know, similar intensity to, like, when I listen to Boards of Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> How even the, like, the in-between, like, 30-second songs just, you know, get me. Like, I'm, you know, in 100% when I want, when I listen to that music. And and good music like that is really hard to come by, man. That's yeah, I, that's what I, that's what I li- um, listen to a lot at, during the holidays, a lot of Boards of Canada. I keep going back to them. But I'm finding, I'm getting to that point where... "Quote unquote," alternative music is no longer alternative. It's 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 just mainstream pop and tweet pop and stuff. There's no true, real, true avant-garde alternative. Something that's different than everybody else. There's nothing like that anymore. And why they why ninety eight point seven and, and K Rock and other stations get away still get away with using the word alternative to describe their music. It, it's all it is is music that's not R and B. If it's on K Rock, it's mainstream, right? The thing is, like, that's interesting, isn't it? How we can't really trace back um, the origins of like music because it, it just goes back to like a caveman sure. hitting a, a rock sure. or whatever. Everything's synthesized, right? And on that synthesis comes like 
And you well, think that there's, mainstream there's nothing that doesn't sound that sounds separate from everything else. There's something that's an, that is an alternative to what everything else is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that anymore. You go back and listen to the original alternative. I think it is because music it's, it's because, that yeah. all of it was different. All of it. I mean, yes, there was some stuff that was in synth pop and some stuff that was a new wave and some stuff that was this or that. But it was all different from Whitney Houston or Boyz II Men. You know or, what it is? You know, it's it's the, uh, the, the the dissemination of music. Um, all these record labels, are, as, as hard as they're trying, they no longer have control no, over, over what gets disseminated. No. So it's all like this. It's this huge ocean of stuff so on they, the internet. What happens know? is one <clears throat> band comes out, sets sets apart, sets themselves apart, and comes up with some new thing. And then they churn out 20 more bands that sound just like them. 20 more things that sound just like them. I was listening to the radio. And all they need now is for each one of those bands to have one hit song. One, one hit song. That's it. I was I was listening to the radio in the car with Danny. And everything sounded like Nine Inch Nails. Like, like, like the poppiest version of Nine Inch Nails. Everything. Chord progressions. Instruments used. Blah, blah, blah. It all sounded like Nine Inch Nails from about 10 years ago. Not the '90s Nine Inch Nails, not the harder stuff, the the stuff that was um, with teeth and yeah, whatever. with teeth and and I love all that stuff, but it was different. It was more electronic based, less industrial, more electronic, and and the chord progressions and some of the popular the ones that were a little bit more mainstream, pop you know popular sounding songs, and that's what everything sounded like to me. And still, ever since Nine Inch Nails came out. Back in the 90s, there were all those, or actually late 90s, early 2000s, was all those bands that were so depressed and so blah, blah, blah. And it was like all the system of a down and this and that. And, oh, it sucks to be alive and corn and this and that. All those bands were just trying to be dour and, and down like Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like existential and life sucks and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And everybody was trying to do that thing. <clears throat> well, we're over an hour and a half. This went quickly. Oh, we ended on a down note. <laughs> well, hopefully 2015 we'll mm-hmm. have some stuff to look forward to. We've got some movies coming out. There's a lot of stuff coming out in 2016. This, this So far, 2015 feels like it's going to be kind of a placeholder year for a lot of stuff. Of Wait till you see what's coming out next year. So this is going to be a lot of years, a year of a lot of announcements and, and this and upcoming this and that and what's coming out. But who knows? Maybe we'll find some gems that's the thing with you know people like Wes Anderson or other people that are like that. You never know what they're going to be coming out with. So they, they, their stuff just kind of pops, kind of arrives. And it's nice when it does. Mm-hmm. Like David Bowie's album last year. It just kind of popped up. He didn't tell anybody he was doing it. There it was. So um, did you get all your recommendations out of the way during the actual podcast? Or do you have any Yeah, no, I don't have any recommendations, yeah. man. It's just, you know... Uh, yeah, I just... Nothing. Cool. Started watching. Hannibal. Well, we're back, and uh, we had a nice break, and um, we're we're gonna be back, and um, we should have a guest for next week. And thank you for listening again. We're up to over twenty six, twenty seven hundred listens to all of our episodes, and uh, still got the nationwide, the international audience. Uh, so keep keep listening, and uh, uh, somebody send us an email or Twitter or something somewhere. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe and download us on iTunes and email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And always remember, please be kind. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Ash Jones and Michael John Simpson. 
Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us online as Something2XP on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Email something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.